Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And we're gonna talk about Ted Lasso season three, episode seven. Six. Six. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we're really good at this. Sunflowers, the episode we always call Amsterdam, and the one I always want to call Tulips. Because I'm like, they have tulips in Amsterdam, and the episode's name is a flower. And then I always forget why it's called sunflowers until we get to that scene. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it is the sixth episode. And yes, I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> uh, I think I even called it tulips the last time we recorded. And you were like, I think it's sunflowers. I'm like, I don't know. The Amsterdam episode. Exactly. It should have just been called Amsterdam. But whatever. It is the, we've talked a lot about the episodes being like very aptly named this year. This is the one probably that isn't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I don't, I don't think it should have been called sunflowers, but whatever. I mean, I kind of get it, but it's such an abstract thing in the episode. I always forget. I always forget. I'm like, why is this called Sunflowers? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, or, it makes sense. But However you pronounce his name. Oh, we're not getting into that. <laughs> I'm good with Van Gogh. <laughs> If he were here to correct me, I would happily accept his correction. Mm, mm -hmm. And he is not. So I've always said Van Gogh. So I will continue to say Van Gogh. Um, <laughs> all right. So I I always, I don't always say this, but sometimes I like the I could not come up with anything for this episode. Because it's so fucking all over the place. I'm like, I mean, we could talk about if we've ever dropped acid, but that's probably not a discussion <laughs> we want to have on a podcast. Probably not. For the record, my answer is no. You don't have I mean, to answer. <laughs> mine, mine is no, too. So that's a boring question. <laughs> if Ryan were here, he would talk about it. Oh, yeah. So um, he loved to talk about that crap. So... If you were in Amsterdam with one night to kill, <laughs> what is the thing that you would go do? Oh. Do you want I... me to list off all the things they name? <laughs> no, please. No, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to have to end up going with one of the things uh, that they named because they did name several. Um, I, it, although <laughs> as much as I don't want to like do it on foot, Jamie's, uh, run of the, of the city does kind of appeal. as just like getting to see everything because yeah. I'm like kind of totally that person that goes to somewhere and I want to see like all of the famous things, like all of the sites and, you know, do all of those kind of things. Not necessarily go on like a tour tour, but like, I want to see all the sites. And so I don't, as much as I don't want to like run to them for hours on end as it seems in this show uh but i i wouldn't wouldn't mind maybe taking like a bike tour or biking to find some windmills that was kind of cool and seeing like you know all of the touristy things that jamie does i think i think that would be a fun way for me to kill kill my day in amsterdam yeah i i don't i don't disagree like so the team has this whole debate and we'll talk about it a little bit more about 
what they're going to go do on their night off. And it's, you know, live sex show or some party <laughs> that's two hours away or take a train to Paris or go look at a tulip, not a field of tulips, just a tulip. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's uh, the uh, Trent mentions the museum. Um, which, that does appeal to me, too. Yeah. Which I think inadvertently is what Ted ends up doing. Yes, kind that of. is exactly what Ted ends up doing. And but of all the things that they do, and mainly because I do know how to ride a bike, <laughs> I, I really, really like the idea of like me and a friend or an acquaintance who knows about all of that stuff, just hopping on a bike and riding around Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Like, also, you know, I, I won't object to falling over a bridge, losing my phone, being rescued by a beautiful woman, and then spending <laughs> the night having, like, dinner and drinks with somebody whose name that I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't object to that, but that seems like the most, like, rom commy <laughs> thing that this show has ever fucking done. Yes! So much so. Oh, yes, yeah, so much so. I mean, we'll talk about that. I can't pick that one because I'm married, so that might be slightly <laughs> awkward. <laughs> but if I were single, I would see the appeal. Um, so uh, the, the episode, um, it opens with them losing what they call a friendly, mm. which is a non-sanctioned game. Like, it's just a, I, it's I mean, a, yeah, it, which seems weird to me to have mid-season. Look, there are so many weird things about the Premier League. Can we just, I, I, I mean, and this isn't even like a league game. Like, that's kind of like the point. So I don't know. Was, was this, it was this part of the international break or is the international break still coming? Is that later this season? That's later this season. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like they had like two weeks off and it sounded like a good excuse to travel. I, 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 yeah. I got absolutely nothing. I mean, yeah, I guess if so, like if it's like the NFL and you get a bye week. Yeah. Um, That bye week, you're still playing like, but you're not you're just playing like a practice game. So this allows you to scrimmage not just against uh, your alternates, but like an actual other team. Yeah, um, like I think like, these people. I mean, if they're Dutch, I don't know. Do they play in the Bundesliga or like a different league? Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, now I'm gonna have to look it up. So oh, there's a Netherlands national football team. Okay. I, I got. I don't know. So it's the football club. Oh, the Dutch football league. Apparently, there's a Dutch football league. Oh. At least according to Wikipedia. Nice. So, I, you know, and honestly, like, if you're gonna play, like, I, I don't know. They seem like really nice people to play. Yeah. I'm... Like, the, the owner apologizes for kicking their ass. I mean, pretty much, which is kind of funny. Um, so, I, I've, I debated on this a lot, but... This episode is so all over the place with the different storylines yeah. that I thought it might be better just to tackle it storyline by storyline. Yeah, that sounds good. 
it is really uh, all over the place. It'd be hard to jump back and forth. Yeah. Um, especially the ones that don't really matter that much <laughs> in the scheme yeah. of things. Um, yeah. So it, it opens with them losing. And then we have this like cool, funny little press conference moment <laughs> of them interviewing uh, Jan Maas and yeah, him talking very politely. And then they ask Roy questions and he's like, who fucking cares? It's a friendly. It's made up. You, you're a made up person with a made up fucking job. <laughs> like all of this is made up. Who cares? This is a pretend conversation. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that opening tirade. It is so funny. And so because of this, like everybody's down and what winds up happening is uh, Rebecca thinks her and Keely are going to have this, like, fun night out in Amsterdam. Because, like, she's not going to ride the bus back. Mm. But Keely is going off with Jack to see the Northern Lights, right? Aurora Borealis. Is that the same thing? Yes. Okay. Um, which is something I've always wanted to see. It always looks yeah. fake as shit in pictures. <laughs> I know, but I really want to see it. it There's no so way cool. that's real. It can't be real. <laughs> a friend of mine, you can see it in Alaska, too, if you go at the right time. A friend of yeah. mine did that. She went up to Alaska and, and saw it. It was, I mean, the pictures do not do it justice, but it is, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it seemed cool. So I would love to do that one day. And, and so Higgins also bails on her with the, the, just the very simple, like, I'm going to visit the red light district, which, <laughs> I mean, we can only assume means the same thing in every language. <laughs> so, I know. like, oh, wait, what? And it will later is just like, is everything all right at home? <laughs> like, what is going on? Why are we here? I um <laughs> It was so, so funny. I loved this. I loved that running gag throughout the whole episode until yeah, you, until you why they're there. Yeah, it was so great. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, oh, I know. This is a whole other side of Higgins. And it's like, oh wait, no, it's the same side of Higgins. Yes. Um. So they bail on Rebecca, and she's just like, well, I guess whatever. I'll just be out by myself. Ted seeing the team down in the uh, what does Beard call it? The pineapple, <laughs> pineapple percussions. percussions. Yes, the dole drums. Um, pineapple percussions decides to tell them that they don't have a curfew, which means that they go do whatever they want, be back at the bus at 10 a.m. for the ride home. Everybody is ecstatic, and then Jamie finds out that because Roy's pissed... <laughs> <laughs> he he's got to still train so they take off uh and go about their way mm -hmm. so everybody all the main cast except for jamie and roy is basically split up at some point and the team minus jamie and roy wind up staying in the hotel basically spending most of the night debating what it is they're going to do which is a fun little running back and forth, like cutting up all the other scenes. Yeah, it kind of was our was our relief in in between all of the bigger story story points that we had going on. 
and and there's some some really funny bits in there, including and um the uh the tulip thing that I already referenced, which Danny just wants to see a tulip. Yeah. Uh, and when they're taking votes, he's like, you wrote it in Spanish. I know it was you. <laughs> he's the only one that puts it down. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, Zoro or Van Damme, uh, which is he? Yeah, he's Van Damme now. Um, wants yes. to go see a live sex show, which even when I was like young is not something that ever like it sounds so creepy <laughs> yeah it sounds a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> no i don't want to and i like later when he's still trying to plead his case one of the waitresses at the little uh bar inside the hotel is like do you just want it like they're they're tired like they're just up there exhausted why would you want to see that and he was like oh they're not having fun she was like no they're not having fun <laughs> No, it's their job. <laughs> as awkward as that like is to say. Yeah, like they're just trying to make a living the only way they can or know how. Like, mm-hmm. no, they're not up there having fun, you know. And uh, I think is a Jan Moss that suggests the party. Yes. Um, but it turns out it's a two-hour bus ride away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And nobody's into that. They're like, um, no. And then, um, I can't remember his name. Is it Bumper Catch? That oh, says I think the, so. The only yeah. thing worth doing in Amsterdam is taking a two-hour train ride to Paris. Oh, it, no. Who's, no, no, isn't Bumper Catch the other guy? I don't, the French guy wants to go to wants to go to Paris. Yeah, I don't remember all their names. I know they say them all at some point, but I, I have a hard time keeping track of who's who. But yeah, you're right. It is the French guy, not Bumbercatch. And now I don't remember his name. Yeah, I'll try to see if I can. He has that like 90s haircut with the like Van Dyke thing going on. Yeah. But um, what they wind up well so they wind up agreeing on the party right but then they have to go get something to eat first and then they cannot decide what it is they want to eat because this is what happens when you let groups make decisions (laughs) (laughs) yeah it doesn't usually work out very well especially when none of them can um seem to agree yeah um, and so what winds up happening is they get drinks and food basically at the restaurant bar and then wind up having a massive pillow fight in the bar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I mean, okay, <laughs> I, I guess it seemed very Ted, like at the end of the day, like they're trying to do this like big, like team bonding thing and have this great night out and they just kind of fall back on like probably what Ted would have suggested they do because didn't he suggest a pillow fight at some point and he said one day you guys are going to take me up on this or something yes. like that yes yeah um I, I think it's sometime in season two um because it's when they do a, they do, it's either he's like so we're either do, doing a team pillow fight or team movie night mm, and they're yes. like movie night yeah so 
Um, and of course, Ted's not there. Um, mm-hmm. Ted is upstairs with Beard. Um, but Jamie and Roy left the bus to go jogging because Jamie's still in training. And Jamie proceeds to annoy the shit out of Roy with all of the things he knows about Amsterdam. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which is kind of like really interesting because it, some of it seemed borderline like made up, but it was all very, very touristy. And so it kind of made me laugh. So a little bit of a tangent. Are you a Pulp Fiction person? No, I do not like Pulp Fiction. Okay. My husband and I have recently had this debate, in fact. Okay. I'm not the biggest Pulp Fiction guy. Ryan loved Pulp Fiction. I've seen it enough to know, like, a Pulp Fiction reference when I see it. This fucking episode is littered with Pulp Fiction references. <laughs> oh, that might be why some of it ends up going over in my head. So, I, I mean, so many little subtle nods, like, down to... uh the foot rub comment, like that's a whole debate that they have in Pulp Fiction about when it's okay to give a woman a foot rub. Look, I think this is, I'm telling you, I, this is why I don't like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not my thing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I have no problem with that. There are people that will argue you to death about what a great movie that is. I don't think it's even close to his best movie. So... I'm also not a Tarantino fan. I mean, that's fair, too. Like, he definitely doesn't make movies for everybody. I, I would argue that he really makes movies for himself. It's just that some people happen to enjoy them. Yeah. No. The, I, I, the ones that I've enjoyed are, like, more, like, Tarantino-adjacent, except for really probably Inglorious Bastards, which I did really like. His best um, movie. I, I think hands down his best movie. Yeah, that one I really liked. And um, sin- the adaptation of Sin City, which I think is like him adjacent. But Yeah, uh, he's like produced it with uh, Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller directed it. Yes, that's, that's why yeah. I like it because Frank Miller's involved anyway. Yeah, that first Sin City is really good. The second one's okay, but that first one's really good. I know, although it's been a while since I've watched it and I'm afraid to. I'm afraid. Yeah, to <laughs> like, I, like this, all of this is problematic now. <laughs> Um, it was problematic in the first place, but I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about it, you know, 15, 20 years later. Um, so the, the Jamie Roy stuff, um, there's a lot there to like deepen their friendship, but it's all, I I don't want to call it surface level. They only really have two like truly meaningful moments in all Mm -hmm. of the things that they do. Uh, The the first is at some point, Jamie's in such good shape that he's got no problem, like just going and going and going and going. And Roy is for the fuck out. Yeah. He was really struggling. I noticed that. I like how he like starts the training thing as a punishment and Jamie just like turns (laughs) it all around. I was like, Oh, I love this. (laughs) So good. So uh, Roy gets uh, adamant that like Amsterdam is bullshit (laughs) and like just this fake like Disney town and uh, that windmills are fake, (laughs) which is such a Trump thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's true. But that's so funny. I was like, what? 
They're not fake. <laughs> so Jamie decides they're going to get bicycles and, and go find real windmills that aren't the, you know, the little decorative ones. Like he points yeah. to one of them. Um, and Roy's like, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Jamie pays this dude a hundred pounds to get oh. two bikes, to steal two bikes. Right? You could have bought two bikes for that. I feel yeah. like just saying. <laughs> when the, he, the dude shows up with one bike, he's like, "I need two bikes, mate." He's like, "Okay, I'll be right back." <laughs> Go steal another one. Yeah. Wasn't he even have this is the bike lock like still attached to the first one when yeah. he gets it to Oh, it's one of my favorite. This whole scene is one of my favorite bits in the episode because Roy finally owns up to the fact that he can't ride a bike. And Jamie and this uh, homeless man who just stole two bikes just laugh at him <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I know. It's, I love, I love everything with with the bikes it just it really really cracks me up especially like in the beginning it's hilarious to me and they're like no way there's no way a grown man doesn't know how to ride a bike and then of course Roy tells a story and that's you know just makes you feel sad in a callback to some shit from season one right Roy admits that he never learned how to ride a bike because when he went off to school his grandfather had bought him a bike and promised to teach him to ride it when he came back for a, a winter break, I think it was. But yeah. as we know from season one, when he came back for winter break, his grandfather had passed away. Mm-hmm. So he never learned to ride that bike. And of course, he has this really fun self-realization moment where he's like, and now I realized that it was actually a giant insult to my grandfather that I never learned how to ride a bike. Right. Oh, that just made me so sad. I was like, oh, Roy. <laughs> so Jamie teaches Roy how to ride a bike. Now, do you remember what it was like when you first learned how to ride a bike? Yes and no. It's just, it was so long ago. And I yeah. I have similar, I'm having similar frustrations with one of my one of my children, the one that's old enough to really learn how to ride a bike. And she's just like, I don't want to do it. This is too hard. And I'm like, we just have to practice. And she's like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm not doing this. But I how to ride a bike. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, Roy Kent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call her Roy from now on. You're like, well, if you can't ride a bike, you're never going to drive a car. <laughs> learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> right. I know. It's crazy. But I'm like, I remember, I mean, I remember it not being easy, but. Yeah. I don't really remember. I mean, it's just something that fades over time. You just don't. I, I remember riding everywhere on my bike and how important my bike was like to my childhood freedom. But I don't remember how difficult it was to learn to ride the bike. But I think I was like eight or nine before I finally did. Me too. Um, I We didn't learn. Me and Ryan didn't learn how to ride a bike until after our parents were divorced. And that was we were eight or close to eight. So it would have been eight or almost nine. We would have gotten bikes that next Christmas and learned how to ride them. So, yeah, yeah I, me too. We, I was mostly because I think my parents couldn't afford to buy us bikes. Like, oh. my, you know, when my mom and dad were married, we didn't have any money. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I only ask because I get that Roy's a stellar athlete, but 
does learn to ride that bike pretty well in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but I like how Jamie's like kind of like pointing that to him. Things that a seven-year-old doesn't fully understand is like, oh, well, if you can do it this way and like find your balance and do all these things. Yeah. When I say these things to my daughter, to my daughter, she's just like, what? What's balance? And I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, keep the bike straight. She's like, but it makes me fall over. I'm like, oh. Not if you keep pedaling. Not if, I was like, not if you not if you keep it upright. And she's like, but it wants to lean this way. And I'm like, so lean it the other way. And then she like overcracks and it's like a whole thing. <laughs> I have just don't have the patience for so, it. So like you're rewatching this yesterday, going like, I feel all of this. <laughs> like, yes, but also I was laughing my ass off. It is hands down the funniest thing to me to watch him pretend to learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> Oh, uh, God. yeah, I, I've watched this episode five or six times and I, I, this whole section with them, it, it still is so funny and charming and just like endearing to for yeah. both of them. Like we're I mean, we've already kind of been endeared to both of them, but like in creating like an actual friendship between these two characters, like it just does so much. Um it's my, it's my favorite thing about season three, their relationship. And it yeah. really, it really takes off in this episode. There's some really good, uh, like I, I mentioned the nods to Pulp Fiction. Um, there's a movie uh, called Butch and uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm. uh, Robert Redford and um, Paul Newman. Uh, ah, and I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. If you watch that movie, it, it didn't occur to me until season three, but it, it's about Paul Newman's an older guy and uh, Robert Redford's a younger guy. And, and they're in this they're I mean, they're outlaws, but it, it's about the friendship that they form. Like this guy who kind of knows what he's doing and this cocky asshole who kind of <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing. And they mm -hmm. form this friendship and become these, you know, big outlaws. Uh, in there's a scene in the movie where Robert Redford gets a no, I'm sorry, is a one of them. I can't remember. It's the worst scene in the movie. Gets a bike, comes back to like their hideout, and there's there's a a, a female friend that's with them, and she's enamored with this bike. And so raindrops keep falling on my head plays while whoever it is basically teaches her or shows off that he can ride the bike and kind of teaches her how to ride the bike. It's it's uh, there's so much homage to the Butch and Sundance relationship that they have just in this one like little segment. Okay. Um, and it had never occurred to me until then. I was like. Holy shit, they're doing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I've not even caught on to that. Oh, man, no. I that, I mean, I've never seen the movie, so that definitely went way over my head. But, yeah, I feel like, I mean, it, the more, like, we kind of, like, dig into things and, like, talk about things, it feels like this episode, It while it does make sense in the long run, it does still kind of feel like a standalone and almost like a work of yeah. art in and of itself. Yeah, it, it's. It's a, it, I, I was going to bring this up at the end But we can talk about it right now okay. It is the exact fucking opposite Of the one we got in season 2 yeah. We're like 
why the fuck does this episode exist? <laughs> like, yes. what is going on? Why do we need to see Beard's Night Out? And it, it, there, there are people that love that episode. There are people, many people like us who are like, this was a weak episode, mostly because the rest of the cast really isn't in the episode. Now, it does a lot of legwork for, like, the stuff with Jamie's dad and understanding Beard. Yeah. But it's still, it's such a, like, sharp left turn. This isn't as sharp of a right turn. But I do think it's really interesting that we see everybody's night out. Except for beards. <laughs> well, I think that was intentional. It's best yes. he's left shrouded in mystery and shows up uh, as wearing a Piggy big stardust. Nose. There we go. Thank you. I was like, I'm blanking on exactly who he's supposed to be. I forgot. Piggy again. Stardust. God. Speaking Dutch. Right? <laughs> don't tell Will, y'all. Will's like, you speak Dutch. He's like, don't tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Oh. Um, but the the Jamie Roy stuff. So we we get Roy's sort of confession, and then uh, eventually Jamie starts talking about why he knows so much about Amsterdam, and it's that he came there once with his dad, and a, a story that's really traumatizing that he just completely plays off in total Jamie fashion. Like I cannot imagine my dad at sixteen, right? taking me to a foreign country to a football match. And then afterwards just being like, all right, we're going to go visit the red light district to do exactly what you think the red light district is for. Right. That was wild. I, I, when he revealed that I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then of course Ron's Ron Roy's like, that must've been traumatizing. And he's like, no, wait, what? Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I think he says, oh, right. no, she enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, <laughs> no, for you, for you, man, for you. Yeah. Um, oh, and then we find out that uh, years later, his mom brought him to Amsterdam and did all of the cultural things with him. Um you know, took him to the museums, uh, you know, did all the touristy things. And so he kind of got to see like both sides of that. Mm-hmm. And I held on to it, I guess, because of the like the dichotomy of the relationship with his parents, um, which we'll get more into in a later episode. Um, yes. <laughs> That I just rewatched is so fucking weird. I, oh god, yeah. We'll we'll have to dig into that. That is that is wild. Um, but yeah, we get like the true like solidification of the Roy Jamie friendship in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, and and they just wind up, of course, back at the bus at ten a.m. after going on this like all night bike ride through Amsterdam. Yeah, which is wild to me because that they're like the last ones to show up and they're the ones that did. Well, I mean, I guess the the pillow fight was kind of benign, but like, you know what I mean? Like they they almost like did the least, but they just, you know, went on this like crazy bike tour, I guess. Yeah. Um, So then we have Rebecca. Well, no, let's do Higgins. So 
Higgins uh, takes off, very vocally telling everyone that he's going to the red light district with Will, and this is the night Will becomes a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, when they get there, we find out that that's not what they're there for. They're actually there to just visit a uh, like hallowed jazz ground. Uh, Chet Baker, a jazz musician that uh, Higgins admires, uh, died in Amsterdam. And he goes to like the very spot. There's a small little monument to him. There's even a picture in the window that he fell out of when he died. Um, That's crazy. Which is, yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of New Orleans. Like, there's a lot of that stuff in New Orleans. That's true. Also a jazz mecca. Yeah. Um, so, like, seeing all of that reminded me of the few few times I've spent in New Orleans. Um, because Thanks. there's just stuff like that all over the city. Uh, so he and Will go inside. I mean, it's a very, very short story. But they go inside, sit down at this this table that's very close to the stage. Um, and, uh, the musicians see him playing air bass as we know he likes to do. That's, you know, how he found his wife and invite him up on stage. And I, I mean, he gets to play with the band and it's pretty fucking cool. That was pretty awesome. I did. I did really, really love that bit where he gets to kind of live out his, dream and that they kind of turn the whole story on its head where he's you know making a big deal out of going to the red light district and it's not at all what you think yeah um and and you know they they spend their night out and wind up back at the bus uh just like everybody else uh <laughs> colin I almost forgot about colin can we can we talk about will's cell phone conversation for two seconds oh yes <laughs> <laughs> Unless you wanted to bring that up later. No, 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 no. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I think what cracks you up about this entire conversation is he's like, you know, he's kind of like chatting. It's like, oh, yeah, we did this and we did that. And then he's like, hang on, mom or mom. And I'm just like, he's talking to his mom. And then, you know, he has that side conversation with Beard. And then as Beard gets on the bus, he's like, oh, yeah. And I had a threesome. And I'm like, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> First of all, that's hilarious. But second of all, what, why are you telling that to your mother? <laughs> it's so nonchalant that, like, if you're not paying attention, it, it's almost, it is very much like, wait, did he just say what I think he said? Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like this weird quirk about, about Will that I just was not expecting to ever get. And because I mean, you see him at the bar, like watching the couple and like, you know, they're got and he, I just assumed he was kind of like, just like checking out the girl and then he go, goes home with them. Yep. <laughs> Apparently it's like, all right, well, at least someone got some. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Colin also excuses himself from the team with the very made up. I, I ate some bad food and now I don't feel well. So uh-huh. I will see you guys in the morning. Uh, to which uh, um, Trent's ears immediately perk up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I recognize this. So he follows Colin out um, as Colin uh, proceeds to find a uh, more friendly uh, club 
for him and walks into a, a gay bar orders a uh a, i'm sorry tries to order what i guess you would some people would quote call a gay drink because he's like do you have vanilla vodka <laughs> yeah which made me laugh and then the bartender's response made me laugh even harder <laughs> no man <laughs> a beer <laughs> i'll just have a beer then thanks oh, um, but then he's God. like Stick around because Thunderdong is happening later. <laughs> Which uh, he's Colin seems very down for until Trent kind of blows his cover. I, I do like him asking the bartender, like, do you know who I am? <laughs> right. And he's like, uh, no, you can be anybody you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so the moment of truth like we haven't really known what trent's game was and it it turns out that like he does he doesn't really have a game like he's really just concerned about colin yes which was a nice reveal and i know we kind of had this conversation an episode or two ago but like i don't think the series until this episode does reveal does officially reveal that Trent is gay. Yes. And uh, so, I mean, although they did, I'm not going to lie. I felt like they played his um outfit up a little bit more this episode. Yeah. Than they have in previous ones. Yeah. Uh, he does look way uh I don't know if trendier is the right word, but I'm not sure it, that I would call that trendy. Y- yeah. But it it definitely was a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's what I mean. It was like a specific, more of a specific look. Yes. Than we've seen him have, and I don't know if that's just him getting more comfortable being around the team, mm. or if it was uh, like just because I think the look starts to spill over, um, because like I just watched, I just rewatched the last two episodes of the season. Or the series. Um, and it's definitely a different looking Trent than where we started even in this season. Yeah. Well, I think they slowly evolved his look over the course of this season, knowing that they were probably building to this official reveal. And I mean, down to I mean, the at last episode, he had he has like a rainbow cup, which I don't I mean, isn't in and of itself anything like a specific statement, but just I mean, but in in some in like some ways it kind of is. So yeah, I did I did track that in the last it was either the I think it was the last episode that he did he had like a rainbow cup and then this episode his style is a little bit more like evolved a little bit less. I'm a casual like I'm a journalist look into like kind of him just kind of maybe being himself. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, and, and I I do think part of it is certainly them wanting to be able to point and say that this was because you you do have this contingent of society that anytime a character who basically didn't burst into the show or or the comic or the movie or whatever you're watching immediately screaming i'm gay i'm gay i'm gay when that reveal comes later there is always a contingent of society who's like well, you're just making them gay. Like, like they were never supposed to be that way. Now you're just 
you're being woke oh, yeah. or whatever dumb shit they want to come up with. I do think it's definitely the creators, writers, and and maybe even the actor himself, knowing that that reveal was going to come at some point, that they've always had little, like, subtle hints. Like, no, he's not out there yelling, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. But he's also, at this point in his life, not hiding it. Right, yeah. He's just kind of being himself. Which, you know, is just all anybody wants to be able to be. And, I mean, and that's what Colin tells, like, so he confronts Colin. Colin freaks out. Uh, he runs him down and says, look, Colin, I, I've known. I've known for a while. And there has to be a reason that I've not told, no, I've not told anybody. And there has to be a reason for that. Like, mm -hmm. do you know what that reason would be? You know, trying to get him to draw his own conclusion. And, you know, like you said, this is the official, like, yes, I'm gay, too. Yeah. Um, and w we get this really funny and sweet moment with them on the, the steps, uh, these steps in Amsterdam. Strangely enough, right outside of the uh, house that Anne Frank lived in. Oh, yeah. Um, where... Trent tells Colin, we only get to hear a little bit of it, but he tells Colin, like, the story of him having to come out to um, his his family and, and also either girlfriend or wife because he has a daughter. Yeah, I assume he was married. Yeah. And, yeah, and because he says I, he said he had to come out to her twice before she believed me. Yeah. Right? Something like she believed me the second time around or something like that. Um, and kind of just how tough that was to, to just do. And, um, you know, Colin talks about, you know, it, he has to live like two lives and he's fine with it right now, but, you know, he really just wants to just be able to be himself around everybody and yeah. not have it be a big deal. Yeah. Which, yeah, so, yeah, we kind of get the hint that they might be building to something bigger for this character, which is why they injured, like, kind of brought him more, like, into the forefront and introduced the storyline. Like, the hints have always been there. We very much noticed them upon a rewatch. <laughs> yeah. So they, they definitely had, had, you know, slowly but surely planted the seeds, whether or not, you know, you knew what you were seeing. And I, I really, for... All of the things it does doesn't accomplish, uh, which won't spoil anything, but Colin's storyline in this season is one I think one of the high points of the season. I agree. Uh, his storyline, Roy and Jamie's uh, storyline, as their friendship evolves, yeah, those are definitely high points for me as well. Yeah. Um. So uh, he and Trent, of course, like yeah, in yes. in the montage they wind up at back i'm assuming at that club for thunderdome I, so. I think you can kind of <laughs> see the lettering in the background which is supposed yeah. to be your clue yeah um having a really really good time <laughs> trent looks pretty trashed they both look <laughs> pretty trashed <laughs> um which i that that montage is while uh uh it it starts when um higgins 
steps up to play bass on stage, right? And like we get this whole montage of like everybody's night. And I I really, really like I don't often enjoy montages, but I really like that one. Yeah, it was a good one. It was it was a good one. That they this series does montages well. Yeah. It's not the first one we've seen, and I feel like they're always well done. So that leaves basically Rebecca and Ted. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, since it's Ted, we'll end with Ted, since it's All his right. show. Yeah. Rebecca's storyline. <laughs> um, she is wandering around Amsterdam, talking to Sassy, walks onto the bike lane, mm-hmm. and uh, promptly... like. She, to be fair, she is distracted by the dude, like a little bit. He, you know, he's incredibly handsome, mm-hmm. and he's like trying to get her attention as she's trying to figure out where the hell she is, <laughs> and then she gets knocked off the bridge into the water, loses her phone, and is rescued by this uh, ruggedly handsome Dutch man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yes. It's very rom com <laughs> Yeah. I, it is the most rom-com fucking thing in this, the entire show. But it is so... Well, cute. there's something coming up with two other characters that gets yeah. pretty rom com though. Yeah, you're right. Uh, t- to date, I think this is easily the most... <laughs> to date, like, yes. And, and it's funny because it's something that's come up repeatedly since season one like ted's like fascination with romantic comedies true and the show's never full-on like leaned into it until now true oh so i mean i give him credit for waiting this long (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true it's funny though it's a it's an interesting is that a meet cute not really yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I mean it's it's pretty simple. Like she uh hops on his houseboat, like takes he basically gives her run of the place. She takes a shower, uh, he puts her clothes in the washer, dryer, whatever. I guess just the dryer. Although that looks like it could be a combo unit. Um I mean I, it's a houseboat, so maybe Yeah. Uh, yeah, your room would be limited, so a combo unit, which still, look, it still blows my mind that that's a thing. It, it baffles my mind, too. I'm like, I'm not going to think too hard about it. <laughs> like, how, how does the thing that gets them wet also get them dry? I'm not understanding this. <laughs> Although, that would prevent, like, you know, like in some washers, you kind of like the, the buildup and mm-hmm. they're hard to keep clean after a while. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that would prevent that because it dries it. You're, I mean, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> it's just 40 something years of being like the washer and the dryer. Yeah, it has to be I'm like, wait, that's the same thing. But I've never lived on a boat. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, So yeah He basically gives her a run of the place He goes off to Presumably I guess buy food Because he comes back with food Yeah Um, I think he went to the grocery store And uh, They have this sort of Very fun Very 
romantic back and forth. Will they, won't they? I mean, it it's so typically rom-com-y. Like, it's hard to even discuss without sounding just sappy as shit. <laughs> That's a I mean, it's good way to cute. Put it. It's very cute. It's very fun. I love it. I enjoyed watching it. So I'm not, like, mad about it. It's just, I don't know how to talk about this. <laughs> I mean, you you kind of can't. You kind of can't really. I mean, yeah, I I mean, you summed up. It's like it, it's just kind of like this whole it's it's the tension. It, it's, that's kind of like what they're building up to. It's like, you know, she's skeptical because she should be like she's, you know, on a stranger's boat, you know, and as a woman, you just you've always got to be more cautious. And I, I love the little note on the T that says, I promise this isn't drugged. <laughs> just the, the it's it's a very rom commy very much like if this happened in real life, my luck would be that would be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 it, yeah, it's, but it, it's still fun. It's still cute. There's, there's these really nice moments that they scripted in there um, that are also very rom com but like them singing uh, mm-hmm. the, the Dutch Kenny Rogers song <laughs> um, which is also a nice callback because Ted, I believe, is mentioned Kenny Rogers in the first episode. I think so. I think I that think was so. like the the concert thing, right? Like first yes. concert, best concert. Yeah. First concert, best concert. Yeah. Um, the the moment her clothes are dry and she's not ready to go, so <laughs> she just dumps her glass of water in there, and then he dumps his in there and turns it back on. And, you know, just him telling her the story, like he pulls out this like bin of clothes. It's like, I'm sure there's something in here that you can wear so you don't have to walk around in a bathrobe while your clothes dry. Um, And we find out that he's uh, divorced. Uh, His wife uh, cheated on him. Um, There's... There's something I want to talk about, but we'll have to talk about it at the end. So I have to try to remember. Um, okay. It's when she's I... basically snooping around on the houseboat. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. We're going to have to um, the end. <laughs> there's this really weird, funny moment where she's bleeding and he, like, doctors up her foot um, and then kisses it. <laughs> and she's very taken off guard by that. Um <laughs> <laughs> he says force of habit she's like, yeah some <laughs> in the army, army? training <laughs> yeah. um and they they drink and eat and dance and have a good time and i mean she basically winds up uh falling asleep on the boat wakes up the next day to him making what looks like a really fucking delicious breakfast right which she doesn't eat yeah i mean come on man i like i i look i get like I want to go like I this is all very nice I'll never forget it he does say you might people do get Alzheimer's um (laughs) which is really funny uh but I would have been like I I have to go because I have to be on this bus back um but I will gladly take some of that to go if you have it (laughs) so because it looked really good it did look really good I know. I was like, I'll take that breakfast. Um, but uh, so yeah, that that that's her evening. 
and then uh, Ted's evening. Okay, hold on. Before we move on, I have a question because okay. this is a point that I it, it's it's not. I don't think it's like spoiler at all. But he okay. So in the morning, she asks, "Did we?" And he says, "No." But then when she leaves, he says, "Oh yes, we did." And I'm like, "So did they sleep together or not sleep together?" I don't think they slept together. I think that was more of the show itself leaning into the rom-com stuff of like, oh, yes, we did fall in love. Okay. Okay. That's okay. That's what I was wondering. Because like my initial impression was that they didn't do that. And that was kind of like the whole point. But then that particular bit of dialogue has always confused me. So, okay. That's that's the way I took it. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to sound too, uh, uh, I don't know how to put it, uh, but I, I don't, she didn't seem so drunk that she never at any point knew what, didn't know what she was doing. Right. That's how I felt too. And so I was very confused by the question in the first place. So, I mean, she might have been drunk enough that she's like, I kind of sort of remember last night. But and also he doesn't really seem like the kind of person that would take advantage of somebody who was that drunk. Right. Yeah. So, I didn't think so either. Um, but yeah, that's that's the way I took it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll get on board with that. So Ted's night <clears throat> starts Sorry. with he and Beard up in their hotel room. Ted can't get out of his head. Excuse the poetry. and says that he needs something and beard steps in with like he's like i've been waiting years for you to tell me this and is going to give him i i guess it's like mushroom tea or something it's i don't i don't know i couldn't figure out exactly what it was that he was brewing because that's like don't you know don't don't you have something you could put this in like it sounded like everything they were alluding to was weed but like i'm like a tea. i don't i don't think you can really make a tea out of that i mean i guess technically you could but anyway it, yeah it had to be some kind i i thought mushrooms just because of the trippiness that he thought he was gonna have oh uh, yeah that's true so i was like maybe some kind of like uh mushroom tea like a psychedelic mushroom tea or something of course the tea thing is really funny Hmm. why would you try to give ted tea oh i know so funny (laughs) he's like uh ted says something like does this taste bad he goes oh it tastes awful most people put it in like a peanut butter jelly sandwich or uh something else and he's like but we're gonna have it in tea it's like he says that's like hiding poop in a, uh, what does he say? A barf milkshake or something like that? Something like that. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what he said, but yeah, it was something equally disgusting. Um, I, I love that Ted like can't even get the drink up to his lips and Beard just chugs it. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just gone. <laughs> it's very on brand for Beard. And so I guess they sit there for a while, like waiting for it to take effect. Um, And at some point, Ted was supposed to decide where they were going to eat. And he wanted to go eat at this place. I I don't know if I wrote it down. 
a Yankee Doodle Burger Barn. That's it. Yankee Doodle Burger Barn. I don't know why I remember it. I it's a ridiculous name. Um, That's probably why. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Beard does not, uh, Ted cannot get the, cannot even get sips of the tea and eventually just relieves Beard of his days. Like, you don't have to stay with me. Beard doesn't let him finish the sentence and he's out the door. Right. It's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and we get all of these like cut back and forth scenes through everything else of Ted trying to like, just drink the tea. Eventually he does. And ah, yes. He, he winds up first at a museum. Uh, I guess a famous museum in Amsterdam. It'd have to be a pretty big fucking museum to have Van Gogh paintings in it. Yeah. Or is there a Van Gogh museum in Amsterdam? I feel like that probably exists. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get the him staring like longingly and it's so fucking like just I don't know that look that he conveys mm -hmm. while this guy is giving the most like melancholy rundown of who Van Gogh was which is fair if there was a melancholy motherfucker in the history of the world it was Vincent Van Gogh yep <laughs> and it, like just Ted, I, I don't know. Jason Sudeikis deserves the fucking Oscar just for this like minute and a half of staring at the camera just on the verge of having an emotional breakdown. Right? Yeah. No, that was that was really well done. Especially as they like I think they slowly panning out mm -hmm. at one point. And they do they do cuts in between a little bit to like some of the different paintings and stuff, but for the most part, yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. And we just find out that it's like the museum curator or something, or like one of the guides, like talking yeah. about Van Gogh. Um, little, are you a Doctor Who person? No, I'm not. There is an episode of Doctor Who uh, about Van Gogh that is so fucking good. Like it, it's it's just it's so good, um, and it, it, at the end, um, I mean, spoilers for a Doctor Who episode that's well over a decade old at this point. Uh, they, you know, it's a, Doctor Who's about time travel. They wind up meeting Van Gogh, and he's just melancholy, and he's like doesn't think. He's like, why should I keep doing this? None of this is ever going to matter. Nobody's ever going to remember me. So the doctor decides to take Van Gogh back or into the future to a museum. And uh, without uh, alerting anybody that it's actually Van Gogh, he taps this guide on the shoulder and the guy is actually, the guide is actually played by uh, Bill Nye. Oh, um, yeah. And he asks him about he asks him like point blank like what are your thoughts on Van Gogh? And he gives this like much like this tour guide is doing this rundown of like what a great influential person he was, what a like just this tormented talent and how the world was just better 
because he's lived and, uh, you know, we get to see it through his point of view through all these paintings. And meanwhile, this, this actor who's playing Van Gogh, who's pretty well known. I can't think of his name. I'm pretty sure he's in game of Thrones, but I, I feel like everybody was in game of Thrones. Um, is like listening to it, like just his eyes, like welling up with tears. This scene reminded me a lot of that scene. Mm. Um, it, you could just Google that scene. It's really fucking good. Uh, it's one of the best Matt Smith moments uh, in, in the, his whole run of Dr. Who. Nice. Um, but we find out that Ted's staring at this picture of Van Gogh's sunflowers for which the episode is named because the sunflower is the state flower of Kansas. Indeed. And so, yeah, it kind of just hammers home again, his longing to go home, feeling like he's missing something. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the tour guide says, I'm going to leave this with you and hands him a little booklet and says, we, we close in three minutes or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also get out. <laughs> <laughs> to his Ted says, mercy buckets. Um, not mercy bouquet, mercy buckets. Yes. Oh, Ted. And from there, he wanders into the Yankee Doodle Burger Bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You could just, I, I love like the transformation that kind of comes over him as soon as he walks in. He's like, oh, he feels oh. like home. So here's what's crazy like, when you say the name Yankee Doodle Burger Barn, like, I would I would think what most people would think, oh, it's going to be this over-dramatized thing. Like, if if this were real life, I'd be like, they don't know what American food is like. It says they have American-sized portions. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's not going to be. And then I, he walks in. I'm like, no, nah, this is exactly what, like, <laughs> walking in one of these fucking restaurants <laughs> in this country. And it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> you sit down and order food for two people, and they bring you enough food for six people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no wonder we're all so fat, man. Also true. <laughs> like, who needs a mountain of onion rings? Nobody, but they're delicious. <laughs> See, I'm not an onion ring person, so. Oh, I do like onion rings. Yeah, um, I do. I will eat the breading off the onion rings. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> who wants a slimy, no longer breaded onion ring? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, he's promptly seated. And at this point, the uh, tea may or may not be taking effect. Um, yes. He orders some food. At, at some point, everybody looks like Nate. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which oh, was awesome. interesting. Um, and he kind of goes into this trance where he's watching this Bulls game, right? Yes. And the Bulls famously had what they called the triangle offense. Yes. Um, and, of course... Ted watched a lot of Bulls games. He mentioned watching like this very specific game with his dad. And so uh, this is kind of something that's in his head already. 
Yes. And he starts to formulate it. Of course, there's also the pyramid of success thing that he's he's always got floating around. Mm-hmm. And he starts to kind of sort of see the game from a different perspective, which is exactly what he wanted. Yes. Um, and then we get the most bizarre scene in Ted Lasso history where he proceeds to talk to a disembodied voice and a bunch of animated triangles pop up on the screen and we kind of get the the history of triangles. Um, (laughs) Are you familiar with the old Disney cartoon that does exactly this? Um, maybe. Is it's, it which one? I cannot they talk about triangles what, specifically, or just this style of it's, animation? It's this style of animation with I'm pretty sure this specific guy doing the voiceover. Oh. Um, and I, I mean, can't, it's about math. A Donald in Math Magic Land, <laughs> in which Donald Duck learns about math concepts, including shapes. I I feel almost certain that I was showed this at some point in school. Yeah, uh, I've seen it several times. I mean, so immediately when I saw this, when it first aired, I was like, oh, that's an interesting, like, callback for for some people. Some people won't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Yeah, so that's definitely what they were. I'm sure that's definitely what they were going for. Because they talk about the Pythagorean theorem, uh, this uh, uh, golden rectangles, the Pentagon. They talk about a touch on a lot of these same things. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. It, and I mean, it's a fun, funny kind of segment that it, I really like when we get like hours later, and he's got like the ketchup and the mustard bottles like <laughs> set up on the table, and they're like, he's still at it like how long is he gonna do this and that one kid goes i don't know but he's got my pen I and i like how at the end of this he still has the pen yeah <laughs> i was like i i just thought it was funny that they had all grabbed these like ginormous beers <laughs> and they were just sitting there watching ted get lost in his thoughts and try to reinvent total football and the one dude the the host that seats him is from australia he's like where in the states are you from he's like australia mate (laughs) melbourne i'm like wait what so So, ted his whole night is to have this like psychedelic thing happen to him and he sketches out this new way of playing football based on the triangle offense of the the, the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Brings it back to the bus. Has this like huge notebook. Like I, if you have time to rewatch this and pause as you see the different pages. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there. But we're That's not going to go over it. Yeah. It, yeah. Some of it's really funny. Um, <laughs> um, it's like him breaking down the word triangle is I really kind of funny. <laughs> Try angels. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we end up. <laughs> um, but he shows it to Beard and <laughs> dressed as Piggy Stardust. Uh, Beard's like, uh, so this is this is what like you you 
create it like you figured all this out yourself and he goes yeah uh what do you think he's like yeah i think it looks good i think you should call it total football <laughs> and he goes i like that name and he goes yeah yeah that, that, that was invented invented here in amsterdam like decades ago <laughs> I think he says like in the 1970s or something like that. I yeah. can't remember when total football was invented, but I will say using triangles uh, within formations is a very common concept. I think in a lot of sports, but it is a very key concept that you learn in soccer yeah, as well. Especially when you have to pass a ball. <laughs> uh-huh. So. uh-huh. Yeah. No, we literally yeah. ran, ran drills in maintaining uh, these types of formations while you're moving yeah. down the field. I love that Ted has these realizations and that he's able to see the game differently. But I also love that the show uses all of that to still point out the fact that this motherfucker has been here for three years and he (laughs) still doesn't understand it. (laughs) Right. I know. I love that. I love that he's like coming into it a little bit more, but at the same time, it's kind of just like, yeah, man. Way to way to way to just kind of sort of slightly catch up. <laughs> We've um, already been here. And so uh, eventually, with everybody back on the bus and Ted having discovered total football, uh, <laughs> we get uh, an almost famous moment, uh, which I don't know if you're a fan of that movie either. Um, it's one of my favorites, though. I'm trying to remember if I've seen the thing the whole way through. I know the movie, but I don't remember. If I've seen it, it's been a very long time, and I can't, like literally don't remember it. Well, there's there's a very famous moment where they're all on the tour bus leaving a town, and they start singing uh, that uh, Elton, the Tiny Dancer by Elton John. Oh, okay, okay. And. So they're all on this bus leaving town and they start singing, uh, don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. Or every little thing's going to be all right. Sorry. Not don't worry. Be happy. Um, by, uh, Bob Marley, which was also the, uh, you don't call it a theme song. What do you call it? Anthem for the Amsterdam team. Oh yes, you're right. At the beginning, because Rebecca's like, I fucking hate this song. <laughs> yes, I forgot it bookended the show. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the end of everybody's night out in Amsterdam. Completely unique episode of Ted Lasso, but still a good one. Unlike good the one. beard episode. <laughs> I agree. I really, really like this episode called Sunflowers and not Amsterdam, even though so, I want to still call it Amsterdam. Yeah. So uh, favorite, like, funny bit? Is it just the Jamie <laughs> Roy stuff? Because that's so 100%, fucking good. 100%. Absolutely. Roy trying to learn how to ride a bike absolutely kills me. I don't know how <laughs> that actor managed to pull that off, but it was hysterical. It, it's got to be difficult if you know how to ride a bike. That's what to I'm saying. act like you don't know how to ride a bike. Because having a bike <laughs> fall on you, even if there's like padding, or it's still fu- it's still not fun. 
It still so, hurts. I know. Well, at one point he starts going, and then he just completely falls over. There's not a cut there. I'm like, <laughs> what did you fall onto? Like, did you really fall on the concrete? Because God, how did you not break something? Uh, um, that that stuff's up there for me. Roy's tirade to the oh, dude yes. at the beginning is so good, so good. This is a pretend conversation. You're a pretend person. Um, <laughs> this exists. Without fail, though, the thing that has taken me by surprise every single time I've watched this episode is not from anybody that's part of the main cast. It's when Ted's doing the thing with the bottles and the 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 people are waiting and that guy's like, he's got my pen. And that girl <laughs> goes, Derek's going to make you buy another one. And all three of them in unison go, fucking Derek. I don't know why, but I forget about it every time. And every time they go, fucking Derek. It just makes me laugh, man. That's hilarious. Isn't that also the name of the manager at that um, restaurant? I that think Nate so. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be the same guy, but it just makes me laugh. I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> fucking Derek. Um, all right. So we're going to talk like five minutes about spoilers for future episodes going to have a lot to do with what happens with Rebecca. Yeah. All right. So you've been warned. So if you don't want to hear it, turn it off if you're not, you know, if you're just watching along. Um, all right. So straight up, seen this episode five times. This most recent rewatch today was the first fucking time I noticed that there's a little girl's room on the boat. <laughs> yes, she visits it. Yes. <laughs> you didn't I, figure that out? I, what did I, you think it was? I don't know. I don't know. That's I was like hilarious. I clocked that in like the first time that I watched it, but I had no idea what it meant other than okay, I guess he's not a creep because he he clearly has a daughter. And that's why he he says force a habit when he kisses her foot. It's yes. cuz that's what he does for his daughter. Yes. But he never fucking explains that. <laughs> No, not in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Saturday, I watched the last two episodes with my friend Courtney. And, of course, the, it ends with that their reunion um, at the airport. And we meet his daughter. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I remembered it, but, like, it was just kind of vague. And then when yes. I'm re-watching this today, I'm... I'm seeing, I'm like, oh, I never clocked that that was a little girl's room. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you just think all, he really liked like princesses and ponies and purses? Look, look, to be fair, I am sitting at a desk and to my left is a big iron giant action figure. Next to that is a uh, Captain Carter Marvel figure. There's a shit ton of Deadpool action figures around me. There's a bunch of Harley Quinn stuff. <laughs> like, but so, Logan, are they yeah, pink? No, but there's a bunch, there's like a <laughs> monument to Stitch over here too from Lilo and Stitch. That's that's a little girly. Um, okay, so maybe it's because I'm a mom, but I immediately clock that as a little girl's bedroom because it looks identical to mine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not mine as mine and like yeah. my kids. I see it now, and I don't know how the <laughs> fuck I didn't see it before. But literally, I was like, I've seen this episode four or five times. And I never fucking clocked that that was a little kid's room. Never. <laughs> That's 
absolutely hilarious, but also because it directly plays into her prophecy. Yep. That's how we know that she's destined to end up with this guy and do have a family because and he's got a kid. There's fucking airplane stuff all Every over the boat. <laughs> where? KLM. Like, he has a vintage KLM poster. Like, yeah. people don't just collect that shit. I mean, well, they do, but like, you know what I mean? Like, not like you don't have so much airplane stuff. And maybe I'm more attuned to it because, like, I have so many of my friends are pilots. Like, the college that I went to is like one of the best flight schools in the country. And so, like, anything to do with like airplanes and pilots, I just tune into. I don't know why. Because yeah. I went to college so many people, these people, I guess. But yeah, I was just like, as a, especially on this rewatch, I was like, airplane, airplane, yep. KLM poster, <laughs> airplane. Air, I was like, He's a fucking pilot. That's why he lives on a houseboat. He's divorced. That's why his daughter's not there with him all the time. Yep. Oh, God. Anyways. Yeah. It, it's so, it was so fortuitous to have watched the last episode. Because, like, I knew, I remembered that he showed up at the end and, like, yeah. that she had ran into, like, I guess, presumably his daughter. Yes. But, like, it had been months since I watched the finale. And... To watch it and then go back and be able to like, oh, that and that and that and that and that. I'm like, yep. oh my god, I see it all. Yeah. Um. I. So we still don't have any idea what some of the other stuff in the prophecy was, um, because I guess we just haven't gotten to it yet. I think the only thing that we haven't gotten at this point is that thunder and lightning bit. Yeah. Because for a while they were kind of going, they went in order, but this is the first time they come out of order. Because this is where she, you know, she's falling, she's upside down, but she's okay. That's like her fall off the bridge into the water and then yep. meeting him. And then at the end, she gets her family because we presume she ends up with him and he has a daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah, still real curious about what the thundering thunder and lightning bit could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one, that one, I, I am puzzled on as well. So, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we're just gonna, I guess, still be keeping our eyes out for it. I actually have a, <clears throat> a little thing saved that has like what the prophecy was. So when I'm watching the episodes, I'm looking for nice. any kind of clue. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the only one that I didn't remember was whatever Thunder and Lightning is. All the other ones I I clocked. Um, um so yeah, uh I yeah, it's so weird because it is such a similar episode to Beard's Night Out, which is just what I'm gonna <laughs> call that episode. Um but it, I don't. I guess because the whole team is in the episode, and we get some truly like solid moments with everybody that that are eye opening, and not just like, boy, Bear gets up to some crazy shit when he's not around everybody. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I, I I love this episode, e even I, though basically nothing happens. <laughs> No, I mean, not a lot happens. It's more about Rebecca and a bit a bit about Ted. But yeah, for yeah. the most part, nothing happens. But it is a really good episode. I do really like it. Um. So, yeah, it's also to date the longest episode that we've talked about. So and the yeah. fact that we kept that in an hour and 20 minutes, I, I think is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah no we did good i mean you know i think it helped to go storyline by storyline and for the for this especially for this one oh yeah when i was writing out my notes i was like i cannot do this because they cut like some scenes are only like two or three lines of dialogue yeah some of them are really short yeah um but uh anyway uh yeah we'll be back Uh, we did skip a week so sorry i didn't mention that at the top of the show sorry everybody but you know it was a week going into Thanksgiving, and it's kind of... I just couldn't make it work. <laughs> I mean, it's I, it's... I see what it does to everybody I know that has kids. Because it just becomes chaos. Because, yeah. like, you're... Not that your kids are, like, unruly, but, like, I remember it of... as a kid when, like, you're, you're heading towards what you know is going to be a long break. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're insane. You're you're just like all of this like energy. Like, I can't wait. I don't have to fucking go to school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. But then there's like 10,000 things they want to do. And I'm like, and I'm hosting Thanksgiving. And so we've got to do this and we've got to do that. And we can do some of these things or we can do all of these things. You you can't explain to kids that like, yeah, I know you're off for like nine days, but that's really not that much time. Like it is and it isn't. It feels like an eternity, but also at the same time, it's like I have three thousand things to do. Yep. How am I supposed to do all this with kids here? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we we missed a week, um, but uh, it was all good. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, we'll be on track for a good little bit, at least until Christmas. We probably will take a break from for talking about Ted Lasso to talk about the. Uh, we could probably do both Christmas specials as just one episode. The short Ted Lasso Christmas episode. And uh, I think you mentioned that, yes, you did want to watch the, uh, uh, I just blanked on her name. I was going to say Rebecca's Christmas episode. <laughs> um, I, yes, but I haven't, wa- I haven't watched it. Me either. I, I, I don't like watching Christmas stuff until it's closer to Christmas. If that makes me a scourge, I don't care. I just, I just like to wait till at least I get into December, you know, yeah. before I just go all in on the Christmas. I get setting up the tree and stuff, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to watch fucking Home Alone at Thanksgiving. I, I want to watch it in December. <laughs> yeah, that one's already been played in my house like three times. But again, <sighs> I've got kids. <laughs> yeah. At least it's not a bad movie. That's uh, true. That's um, true. But yeah, I, I, that, the trailer looks so lovely. Um, yeah, I know. D- did you see the duet with her and Jason Sudeikis singing Shallow? I didn't see it, but I heard that it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it, and I guess it's not its not in the Christmas special. It's some, like, thing he was doing, like a charity ball or something like that. Oh. And, like, she, nobody knew she was there. She just, like, shows up and walks out on stage and starts singing with him. Oh, wow. It's so fucking good. <laughs> That's cool. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out, too. Um, so yeah, go check out everything else I'm doing over at xwingfiles.com, which isn't much right now. Loki just wrapped up. Just watch Loki. I did. I finished it. <laughs> it was good. And you got to talk about it. I did get to talk about it. We you don't know when it's going to be released. Uh, not a clue. Not okay. a clue. It's on a podcast called the 42 cast. Um, I have absolutely no idea when he'll release it. He he tends to like record things and bank them for a while and then release them at 
I guess more like strategic points, like maybe just before a series is about to air or, you know, something that relates to it is about to air. So I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And sometimes he just posts them like quicker than I thought. So, mm. uh, yeah, I don't know, but I've, I've been on that one before, uh, talking about various different things. I think I did, I did, I talked about Miss Marvel with them too. Um, and a couple other things. What else about star girl, Superman and Lois. I've been on quite a few over the years. Well, you, what's your brief, like, I mean, you don't have to keep it brief, but uh, what's your thoughts on, what do you think about Loki season two? I really enjoyed it. Um, I wish it were longer because I felt like they couldn't go in mm-hmm. all of the directions that they needed to go to tell a more cohesive story. Some stuff felt like it got truncated or even cut out. Um, but overall, I thought it was a cool concept. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the ending. Really yeah. liked how they ended it with him. Me too. Um, it, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's been out there. So spoilers for Loki season two. Um, it's been over for a few weeks now. Um, the, the idea that we start with this character wanting a throne that mm-hmm. nobody thinks he deserves and like he so desperately wants and feels like he deserves because he wants to basically just lord over people only to have him come around forge friendships and wind up having to take a throne mm-hmm. leave those friendships behind and understand what it means to uh be a god on a throne it's not about you know ruling people it Mm -hmm. it it is about like what's best for those people Mm -hmm. and having to make that decision that's like fucking heartbreaking man it is it's really good though and i i did like that aspect of it i think there were other bits of like the story that especially with like um renslayer and miss minutes that felt that felt like they stayed too shallow when I felt like there's a lot more they could Mm -hmm. do with it. Um, Especially considering what they bring up. It's just like, why did any of this come up if it was not going to be anything other than like this throwaway thing in one episode? Exactly. That's what I think got cut. Yeah. Like two more episodes, two more episodes. I think it would have been really, really solid. Um, I'm curious if we originally had eight episodes, but because of the Jonathan Majors of it all, things so I heard were moved we were, around. Yeah, we, but he's still pretty, pretty in there. But yeah, yeah. that's true. Things could have been moved around, reshot, reimagined. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. There's definitely something that felt off. About that particular storyline. It was not as fleshed out as I think it could or should have been. Yeah. And seeing what these two guys, uh, Benson and Moorhead, uh, who stepped in to run Loki season two, like there's a watching this. I'm like, oh, this is the reason why, like halfway through filming this Daredevil series that they're doing, Mm -hmm. they scrapped the entire fucking thing and gave it to those guys and was like, what can you do? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I I get the feeling that they're going to be the new um, It Boys for Marvel. Uh, the way uh, 
the in-game guys were, the Russos. Oh, okay. Makes sense. So they really seem to be able to, like, lean with the, the whatever. <laughs> like, whatever they're throwing at them. Like, oh, shit, <laughs> this guy can't be part of it anymore. He's a problem. So. Yeah, I know. And it's just, I, I hate that, I do kind of hate that they have to do things like that before anything has a chance to be officially proven or whatever. Yeah. It is, it is sad that any sort of allegation true or not. I mean, it doesn't sound like this is total. It doesn't sound like this is really fabricated, but at the same time, it's like, I hate that everything like this has to get derailed, including someone's career based on allegations that haven't really been proven yet. But anyway, there's not much you can do about that, especially given the nature yeah. of it. I, th- I think it also does lead, lead a little bit more towards a lot of people didn't like the straight up full on basically CGI shit of Thanos and like all the CGI up makeup to villains and liked yeah. the idea of having uh, somebody who wouldn't be so uh, CGI heavy and basically yeah. just be a voice. But also, if you're just casting an actor to basically be mocap voice, when something happens, it makes it a lot easier to just be like, oh, we can still move forward. <laughs> I know, yeah. So, I don't know, there's a couple theories that got thrown out that, like, now that they've introduced the fact of variants, that they could have a variant that just looks different. Yeah. Because Sylvie is a Loki variant, you know what I mean? We got plenty of Loki variants and other variants shown throughout that are not exact clones of the, you know, the, like, he like he who remains, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. yes, Victor Timely was almost an exact copy, uh, in looks at least, even though if the characters are very different. But it wouldn't be difficult to recast a different actor as he or she who remains or at or to be Kang, I guess. Although they've kind of showed Kang, haven't they? I, I haven't seen Quantumania, but did they show Kang in that? Yeah, they show a lot of people that look very, very close to like that specific iteration of Kang. Yeah. Like so, the comic book style with the like more bluish face thing. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh it, okay. it yeah. The the uh I mean, spoilers for the end of Quantumania. The the post credit scene in Quantumania is like thousands and thousands of Jonathan Majors. <laughs> oh okay, that's gonna be more difficult to recognize. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have that cut that post credit scene, if you had just cut that, which you know, to be fair, they definitely had enough room to cut that to just be like now excise that scene because all of this shit broke before that movie hit theaters oh did it yeah it was it was like right before but it was Uh, before yeah i'm a bit behind in my news i had to do some reading to speak about it somewhat Uh, intelligently on that podcast but i mean it's all still really unfortunate and just like I, i mean i on one hand, I'm like, at least Marvel didn't do what Disney did with Johnny Depp and just be right. like, oh, fuck you, we're washing our hands of you, only to find out they're like, oh, this is a way more complicated situation than we thought. Yeah. Um, but also, it's kind of dragging them down as far as like moving forward with what they want to do. 
because a lot of what they wanted to do hinged on this guy being part of it. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a big deal. Like they were really setting <clears throat> up big. So. Yeah, one of one of the movies is called The Kang Dynasty. <laughs> so. oh, well, maybe not anymore. Maybe it's not anymore. <laughs> so. But anyway, um, you'll let us know when that drops. Um, if you want to hear Ian and me talk about Loki anymore, it's over on the Marvel Fanfare uh, uh, podcast on xwingfiles.com. And y'all are on a break uh, to, for Tomorrow's Legends? No, I just, yeah, I just had too much going on. So I took a break. Ah, <laughs> ah okay. okay. And by took a break, I mean I just said. I'm out for this episode and they recorded without me, but oh. we're, we're, we're continuing on with our, our legend season three rewatch. It's, it's coming to an end. I think we only have two more segments to go, which is four more episodes. So. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. y'all are doing two episodes at a time. We're doing two at a time. So oh, okay. we go through it more quickly since it's a rewatch. It's supposed to go faster, even though it kind of really doesn't. But <laughs> well, you wind up talking longer. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's still yeah. like two, two and a half hour episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least we don't go that long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, occasionally I like a good three hour podcast. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Tomorrow's Legends. Uh, definitely go check that out if you're into any of the, uh, a lot of the DC stuff, but definitely Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Which I still keep hoping we'll get some kind of fucking something <laughs> like no, i don't it's know de- it's dead dead <laughs> i they'll know never, they'll never bring that back like, bring uh, we could do audio dramas like <laughs> you know we could just write our own come on I, you know uh, some of those guys aren't doing anything just give them a fucking microphone and they can record it from the house yeah um, well now that they're actually allowed to act again yeah oh my god yeah thankfully the strike is over so yeah um anyway yeah go check out all that stuff we'll be back hopefully next week um probably next week talking about episode seven we're uh, basically in the home stretch we're halfway through yeah um, I know. so That's we'll crazy. finish up sometime early next year and then no more ted lasso although we can end on this did you see what nick muhammad said no okay so um Hopefully your attention wasn't drawn to this. Um, I'm assuming it wasn't because you never told me that it got spoiled for you. Apparently, towards the end of season three, he tweeted a picture of him in a Richmond uniform in the locker room (laughs) behind the scenes. Completely fucking spoiling that he was coming back to Richmond. Oh, wow. No, I did not see that at the time. Thank you. Yes. Um, so this week he posted something like on Instagram, it was like the flashback Friday or some shit, uh, to when I pulled a massive reveal for Ted Lasso season three. <laughs> I promise not to do that for season four. <laughs> oh my God. That would be and- that would be amazing. Uh, people went fucking ape shit. I was like, oh my God, is this confirmation? Like, no, it's not confirmation. But it's not not confirmation either. So. No. Oh my god, that would be that would be like so amazing. And part of me wonders is like, was that tongue in cheek? Did he do that completely one hundred percent on purpose? Yeah. Like knowing nothing is coming, which yeah. I could see. But yeah, it's the kind of cheeky thing somebody like him would do. 
but also it is the kind of tease of like like it, it works both ways where it's yeah. like we we're definitely got something cooking hopefully we can get it off the ground yeah so <sighs> yeah fingers crossed uh, that was a nice little Thanksgiving, like, yay! Um, Thanks. <laughs> um, but uh, I, maybe by the time we record again, we'll have some news. So we'll see. Um, until then, thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Bye.